0: Authority Issues, a podcast about leadership, management, and sitting here looking at chips going by on the white cat waves out my window. I'm Rachel Perkins, aka Pie or Pie Bop. Oh, it's pretty great, Kendall. I'm into words, operations, cheese and whiskey, and of course, leadership.
1: And I'm Kendall Miller. It's fall and the leaves are falling and cold is coming and I get to wear pants sometimes and that is uh, very exciting.
0: That is exciting for everyone. When you get to I'm I'm
1: excited I'm excited about cold I like cold not everybody likes yeah, but I, I kinda like today it today on the show we will be talking about the quote return to work unquote phenomenon which I'm doing finger quotes for but <laughs> yeah. not everybody can see her finger and, quotes because uh, <laughs> like none there. of us have
0: been working at all uh, during not, this time right through We're COVID we your... all we
1: did all nothing. Just paused. Yeah. i don't know what yeah. you did but i just paused that's what that's what everybody did i did nothing and yeah. none of it mattered it definitely wasn't the hardest like 18 months of my work life and memorable history uh definitely not at all um mm-hmm. okay so so before we get started uh, but, uh talk, talk <laughs> a little bit about some of the things are going so first of all i last night inflated my inflatable hot tub which again Ooh. is the best purchase I've made in the last uh, 12 months and I filled it up and because it's warm out today it'll be nice and cold tonight but because it's warm out today it is already at a hot enough temperature that I have some confidence I will be able to sit in it tonight and I am unreasonably excited about this because oh, I I don't, sleep I don't so think that's unreasonable well. Oh man, it's not unreasonable to be so excited happy. about that.
0: I'm jealous. I'm jealous Do you hot hot tub? Tub. you don't have a tub? I don't have one. We have a plan to put one somewhere in this house that we bought almost two years ago now, maybe one and a one and three quarters years ago. uh, but the, it didn't come with one so
1: I can't i I literally cannot suggest enough. I bought a five hundred dollar inflatable one off of Amazon and it is my favorite expenditure of money in memorable history because.
0: <sighs> yeah, I sit in precisely. it every night,
1: and it just makes me so happy. Oh man, I I'm go out. Super up glad to hear it. I can't have my phone because I'm sitting in water. I mean, I guess I <laughs> could you have might my lose phone it in the because water. Because phones are because I'm an old guy now, and I'm afraid I'll lose it. But it should actually be fine. But anyways, it's probably not fine. Anyways, <laughs> nah. um But I just sit there, and it's like meditative, and I stare off into the distance, and I think about life, and I'm gonna sleep so good tonight, and I'm so excited about this. Anyways, great. what's I'm new with you? Happy for you.
0: Uh, Well, I actually had a friend visit today, which was super nice. Uh, This person is um, in a relationship with someone who lives on an island about mm, two and a half hours from here. Uh, My friend lives in the Bay Area. Well, it's closer than the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: They came from the Bay Area to come visit, and so Mm -hmm. it's closer than they would otherwise be. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So she came up here yesterday, and we hung out, and then she spent the morning here, and then she drove back. She just left about mm, an hour and a half ago or something like that. It was just nice. I mean, I've had my brothers came to stay uh, at one point, and a good friend of mine uh, from my work world came to stay, brought his partner, and that was great. It's just I'm, you know, I was expecting to have so many more guests coming to stay in our glorious little town in my lovely new house uh, in the last year or so. <laughs> and so I'm just unreasonably so, excited to have guests. So,
1: Okay. So we, we've been friends for a while since mm-hmm. you were living in Oakland and you had been in Oakland for a very long time. And then you moved yeah. up to this since very sleepy little town and a beautiful place outside of Seattle across the sound, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a sound. Good job. Um, which a sound, and I'm putting that in quotes, is basically just a body of water that happens to be connected to the ocean, but in some kind of unique way that makes it otherwise not It's a, like you look this up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, no, I didn't look it up. I don't understand. To me, it makes no sense, but it's called a sound. So cool. Uh, but um, <clears throat> I think that it would behoove our listeners for you to give a moment of talk about a subject that I know a lot about in your little town, but you don't maybe share with everybody. And that is your police blotter. Bla- blot- oh, blotter? yeah, blotter? the
0: police blotter. Uh, yeah. Yes.
1: Please say so... something about that because it's highly entertaining.
0: This little town has its own newspaper, which has been in production for a very long time. I don't know exactly how long, but a long time. The local newspaper, the, the little, little leader, town being,
1: is it 100 people? Is it 10,000 people? Give a it's sense 10, of 10,000
0: people. Uh, but to give you an idea of another scale, this this county has 30,000 people in it. And it's huge, but this is uh, the only incorporated town. I think I have mentioned that before. Uh, mm-hmm. in the entire county. The rest of the county is most of uh, the Olympic rainforest. And so it's empty of people, which is glorious. Um, and you can <laughs>
1: you can go in there and go camping, but there's no mm-hmm. there's no towns. There's not much of any reason. Not really. note. Yeah, yet. exactly. Okay.
0: You, you know, mom pop stores, camping areas, a couple of nice resorts, that sort of thing. Sure. But anyway, so this, uh, this little town has uh, a newspaper called the Port Townsend Leader, the PT Leader, and every week uh, on Wednesday, they publish a new edition, and it has the police blotter in it. And the police blotter is um, a collection of written out reports of what happened um, in the town uh, that, that you know the police were called for, and it's just really hard to explain how dry, yet humorous and weird some of these write-ups are i mean i i'm incredibly privileged to live in a town i'm incredibly privileged to be a a white woman living in this town i'm i'm not sure that it's nearly as great to be a person of color living here but uh the the police blotter itself is it's it's amusing i i hope that it is um representative of the actual interactions people have with the cops because the cops in these in the police blotter which is produced by the police and then written up by someone in the paper i believe uh, is it's a kind of adorable. It's uh, it's charming at times. Um, I don't know. Is there something specific you wanted me to cover about this? I mean, I no, you no, no.
1: I, what I do want, <laughs> and I don't know if I can find it. Do you have any? There is a YouTube. One?
0: I will put a YouTube yeah. in the notes. Somebody made an animation that covers a couple of the write ups uh, from some time back, and it's perfect. It kind of reflects exactly what these are. So I will. They're just or you could like, probably oh you could probably find it if you don't want to wait to look at the notes. You could probably find it by googling YouTube PT leader police blotter, and uh, um, and you might well, find I it. But anyway,
1: I, I, I want to see if I can find one real quick because they're they're so entertaining. But uh, I might not yeah, be able to. We're not prepared. Find one. Yeah, it's unlike okay. usual. Um, <laughs> Well, they're they're all just like, you know, the Port Townsend police replied to loud music and found, oh, here's one. Officers found that the music lover had fallen asleep. They apologized and turned the volume down. It's all things like that. It's completely ridiculous and kind of cute and hilarious. And there's an awful lot to be displeased with in the police world Mm -hmm. right now. But uh, your particular police blotter bring some hope to humanity and that uh
0: it's true it's true and i'd like to think that it's you know it's it's entirely wholesome and real but i you know it may not be true i'm sorry kendall it might not actually be real fully real uh obviously no it is the press releases that the police put out are should be scrutinized in general
1: (laughs) yeah there's the whole there was the thing about how um florida man is a thing because uh florida has certain laws around how they have to basically publicize every single thing that happens so like mm. while every state has a whole bunch of bat shit crazy <laughs> happening all the time most of us aren't shit, yeah. yeah most of us aren't publishing it all the time although i have to say my favorite response to uh florida man was um when colorado man a few years ago uh was attacked by mountain lion and like killed the mountain lion while the mountain <laughs> lion was attacking him and the, and everybody was like, this is exactly everything I believe about Coloradoans. And I personally was like, oh yeah, we're we're all totally badasses. And then privately, like, um mm-hmm. no, I would be very afraid and running and screaming with a very high-pitched squeal as I Which ran is from the reasonable
0: is response happened. to encountering a mountain lion. So oh, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm glad I to mean, hear it.
1: I encountered, I think it was Three years ago, I was on a run outside of Fair Play, Colorado, and a wolf ran across uh, the road that I was running Ooh. on. And it stopped and looked me right in the eye and paused for a moment. And I stopped because I was freaked out. And it kept going. And I was like, ah, everything's fine. Was so like, wolves are know. terrifying in real life. Like,
0: you should be they look
1: yeah well they look like small or no big deal and I mean I run into bighorn sheep and elk and lots and lots of deer and all kinds of things on my runs um, but uh, most of the time I just like stop and I yell at them and I'm like hey get out of the way but uh,
0: Not the wolf kind of
1: freaked me out I stopped and waited for that guy to
0: yeah running at move, Twilight
1: move on on running yeah. at
0: Twilight in particular I see a lot yeah. The coolest thing I've seen recently on my, I don't don't run, (laughs) is the joke is I don't run unless I'm chased. Um, Or, you know, if someone's in danger, I'll run. But we go for walks in the evening, or have been until it's been getting dark right after dinner. Uh, And at dusk, we saw uh, a really huge owl chasing after a squirrel, and that was pretty exciting most recently. Deer, deer are not a big deal. Is
1: exciting. Yeah, yeah, deer we were, aren't a big deal because they're so common. In, they're
0: in super places. common here, yes. Uh, but the we were walking down a, down a little trail and we saw the squirrel go dashing by, and we're like, "Oh!" And then all of a sudden, whoosh! Right at eye level, this huge owl came went by, and it was exciting. I like I like to see that.
1: I think I've only seen like two moose in my life, uh, maybe three. Um, in Colorado. Which, uh, I think they were all in Colorado. Yeah. Rocky oh, Mountain wow. National Park. And then um, one of them was outside of Fair Play. Uh, and one of them, where was the other one? I can't remember. But, Fair Play uh, sounds
0: like an incredibly libertarian Colorado town name. FYI. <laughs> fair play. Well,
1: the joke about fair play <laughs> is uh, you'll get pulled over and ticketed for something completely unfair. Uh, like you're basically guaranteed. Oh, so that's like I don't... the
0: opposite of a, of a uh, libertarian dream world. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's
1: like, I think, I mean, there's 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 been some interesting things recently with regards to the service industry and the shortage therein and how much mm-hmm. um, Colorado towns particularly the mountain towns like are kind of sick of the tourists coming and everybody in Denver is like, well, I'm not a tourist, I'm a Coloradoan. So like,
0: uh,
1: (laughs) you know, but everybody who's in that local tiny town is like, no, you're a tourist. Like, I don't care that you come from Denver. You're you're still, you
0: know. But I mean, if that's how the town makes its money, it's sort of hard to be pissed off about it. I mean, we have the same issue here. This is a little tourist town. It's the one of three Victorian seaport towns officially in the U.S., and it's really cute and people come here even when the weather's bad and so the locals are like meh tourists i mean it's obvious when you're driving behind one for example but uh oh yeah i mean that's how this town makes i mean there's the paper mill and then there's the tourist industry and if those people didn't come i don't know what would happen you know
1: yeah so yeah there's hmm. not quite enough to sustain it otherwise well so you sit and watch the boats go by um yeah. say a little bit more about that before we dive into today's topic because well, you, you mentioned that in passing
0: if you've ever been in chat with me or uh looked at my instagram i occasionally take pictures of boats because uh this house is right on the water um there is a naval uh resupply base called indian island that's not far from here and so we see subs go by sometimes and all sorts of out of water ships. you
1: don't see them just under the water you see him sticking out of the water
0: you see him sticking out of the water um and you can also see they're always escorted by two or four escort ships so i'll often um. be like hey there's a couple of those escort ships hanging around i wonder if a sub's coming in and sure enough within Try the hour to. sub shows up anyway it's cool i mean I like looking at big boats. Who doesn't? It's exciting. It's like, I'm, I'm like a little kid who likes to look at the garbage truck go by, except it's big shit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I just want
1: you to break into, I like big boats and I cannot lie. <laughs> I cannot um. lie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, so let's dive into today's topic, which mm. was suggested to us by some friends of ours. Yes. Uh, thank you.
0: Thank you for the, suggesting this
1: topic. Yeah. The topic being... Back, I'm so in quotes more more again. air quotes. I'm gonna air quotes the whole time because I have not adjusted to the fact that this is an audio podcast only. You don't know how to uh, express
0: sarcasm.
1: <laughs> yeah, gosh, how do you do that? Anyways, uh, but uh, <laughs> but but back to work. So, like, yeah. um, well, first of all, let's start with you, Rachel. Um <laughs> okay. you took uh, 18 months off because of the pandemic, and That's then you totally went back to work. Happened. Right? Um, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, just like all my friends. Well, I mean, that's that's what's so ridiculous about it is they're talking about this back to, I mean, so, okay, the first story I'm going to start with. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we went up to Estes Park. We do a family trip up to Estes Park. There's a YMCA up there. When I say YMCA, people think a gymnasium where you can lift weights and swim in a uh, pool, but this is a like massive campground that has cabins oh. and all kinds of lodges and okay. all kinds of things and, and activities. There's a, like a baseball almost. field, and there's putt-putt golf, and there's tennis and swimming, and frisbee resorts. golf, and horses you can ride, and rivers you can play in, and you can walk into Rocky Mountain National Park. Anyways... Um, we go every year and on our way back in we stopped in lions and lions is famous for not very much in colorado um it's a very pretty little town outside of boulder and they have a brewery there called oscar blues makes a beer called dale's pale ale that's i think one of the bigger microbreweries in denver i'm trying to give context but this is probably over sharing information <laughs> also, I like i do with you're all like, of my we're children we're gonna start with um, you
0: and then you went off to <laughs> the story classic classic well
1: yeah i'm sorry (laughs) um anyways so uh so we stopped at uh the dales or the oscar blues brewery which they have a restaurant there and we went in and there's no service and uh Mm -hmm. we kind of wandered it's a huge restaurant we wandered around for a minute kind of confused we finally found some people at the bar and we're like how does this work and they're like oh you go outside and you order food from us at the bar, and then you go sit down inside and we bring you your food. And I was like, oh, has it always been this way? And they said, no, you know, at full capacity, I can't remember what the numbers were. We have 65 employees or something like that. They're like, but uh, today we only have 11, right? I mean, they're like down to nothing. And Mm -hmm. um, then one of them said, but the unemployment benefits are about to end soon. And so maybe people will come back. And the other guy there goes, but we don't want those people back. And I was like, okay, well, hang on a second. Like, uh, yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I was like super annoyed and disappointed, but like, um, you know, I think that there is some percentage of the population that has been taking unemployment because it's been a better deal. Like there's no reason to work. Can't blame that. Yeah, there's no reason to work for $8 an hour if you got fired when you can stay home and make seven and like going back to work is gonna, you know, or whatever it is yeah yeah you end up working full time for what is basically nothing more and then has way more exposure to a disease um Mm -hmm. so like i get it and i guess in that sense there's some like back to work but like uh for particularly people in the tech industry like right i mean you've been working this entire time Mm -hmm. right
0: yeah 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 i mean i'm lucky i have a three days a week job but my nonprofit stuff takes up way more than the rest of the time um but yeah i i really don't like that you know, I, I, first of all i'll say right up front i'm a huge fan of universal income i think everyone should get enough everyone should be able to live and have health care and be able to feed their families and not have to worry about some boss that has that control over their lives so that's kind of i'm Even coming you're from that oh absolutely yeah Communism <laughs> doesn't work because people. it's not because <laughs> communism is a bad idea. It's oh, because yeah, yeah, yeah. there's always a group of people who want to take advantage of a situation
1: sure, 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 but sure, sure, uh,
0: sure. in general, I absolutely do not blame especially people who are working in the food service industry from not going back for for not going back to work. I think right. that uh, obviously, it's been a tremendously long time since the minimum range has been raised, and that's ridiculous. Yep. Uh, I don't agree that. There are some people who are like, oh, this should just be a job for high school students who don't need to, you know, for example, working at a fast food place. They're yeah. like, it shouldn't pay a, a full living wage because it's just a test job. Like, no, if you want someone to work, you should pay them enough to live. You should pay them enough to be comfortably alive with their and support their families for if they're working full time. And then, of course, a lot of so there's been pushback you know, long ago in in these kinds of jobs where uh, the employer says, "Well, fine then. No one gets full time because that means I have to pay benefits, right? So you get these people who have 30-hour yep. a week jobs, just under enough so that they don't qualify for benefits, and that's all they're able to get. Yep. So, and I think that's horrible. Um, yep. So rather than having to rely on the morals and uh, you know reasonableness of your employer, I think that the 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 nation should cover." that kind of living expense and healthcare expense so that you don't have to worry about it. You can pick and choose.
1: So, so now people are picking and choosing because the mm-hmm. government has been covering some of these things. Not a and lot, but enough. Big, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, it didn't take a lot for people to say, well, maybe this isn't worth it. <laughs> right? right? Like that's yeah. the, that's the whole thing. So like, um, how's that affecting about how you're, 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 thinking about things now. And I mean, have you been to places where this, where the service industry is, have you been to restaurants where they don't have enough waiters, where uh, you know those kinds of things are happening?
0: Well, first of all, I wanted I want to tell a story, which is kind of unrelated, but um, but sort of related. Uh, my husband and I ha- celebrated our 21st anniversary of getting together. We've only actually been married for five years. Later this month, but we've been together for 21 years now, and we've yeah. historically just celebrated a time in the in the fall when we decided we. We admitted to each other that we liked each other because we're super mature like that. Twenty-one years ago, and uh, it's like and what so I we've... did with
1: my second grade girlfriend.
0: Oh, see, it's so <laughs> cute. Uh, yeah. and so it we take turns every year, like planning a a night, a dinner out, or something of the sort, um, to celebrate that time. But anyway, so we decided, okay, the, the fanciest exciting. restaurant in town, uh, is has outdoor seating, so if we go early we'll be able to sit outside and it won't be too cold and it'll be great. So we made this booking. I told a few people on the internet, uh, including you, you might be one of these people uh, that we were going to go to dinner at like old people time because we wanted to sit outside and eat. And it's been like 18 months since we've been out to dinner. Yep. We went out to dinner. We had a lovely dinner at this place. Um, Highly recommend this restaurant. Let me know if you want to know what it is Um, and I'll, i'll let you know um in
1: port townsend, yep. in port
0: townsend <laughs> there aren't that many restaurants here uh and at the end of the dinner when it came time to pay the owner comes out and he says someone called and uh paid for your dinner anonymously you know they, they did not want to say who they were they didn't want us to tell us who you who they were but your dinner is covered and i was like holy shit anyway it was amazing it was kind of yeah. uh an incredible happening kind of like being in a movie but also kind of freaky like who called yeah. and paid for our dinner uh um anyway that restaurant does not appear to be having trouble because they there is it's a higher like it's a in... higher cost restaurant so they pay yeah. better but definitely we've been getting takeout especially at the beginning of pandemic we were getting takeout every other day which is ridiculous for us i cook a lot and so i missed cooking but we were trying to kind of keep these restaurants in business because we wanted to make sure they were still there in the future so we were for several months yeah take in take out every other day but recently those restaurants a lot of those restaurants have stopped doing takeout because they can now serve people on premises and they don't have the capacity to do both to do, takeout, do takeout and, out. and yeah. yeah so and they're all hiring they're all saying yeah we're hiring uh, and relatedly, I read a subreddit called um, Our Kitchen Confidential. And if you are a fan of Anthony Bourdain, you would know that's the name of his book. And so it's a subreddit that's all people who work in the food service industry. And they're constantly talking about this issue that you brought you brought up, Kendall, that yeah. they, uh, they want to go back to work, but the money and the risk is not, you know, the risk is too high and the money is too low and they're unable to, like the, the restaurants are not hiring enough people because they're not paying enough people. So their right. people who are working are being completely overworked right. and it's terrible and, and so on. Yep. So yes, to answer your brief question with several stories, uh, yes, there are, t- there are restaurants in this town that are not able to fully serve because they are not able to, they're not paying enough to, to make it worthwhile for people to go to work.
1: Mm-hmm. The system is working.
0: Mm-hmm. This is how capitalism works.
1: So, yeah. You know. Well, <clears throat> I don't know, as somebody who just expressed a little bit of distaste for capitalism to then mm-hmm. turn around and say the system is working, Rachel. I'm, I well, might I might call you it's out It's working. On that.
0: I'm not saying that's a good uh, <laughs> result, but it's working as intended.
1: Well, so I mean, I think what's interesting about the whole like return to work thing again in quotes is um like the whole world did. So so first of all, I work at a fully distributed company and as do I. uh and I have, I have the whole gamut of experiences from, I mean, a, a week ago, I took a, uh, a guy in Denver to a Cajun restaurant, we showed up, I rode a bike, almost 45 minutes there to get there. Um,
0: <laughs> Your favorite And
1: thing. it was hot. Oh, yeah, it was super hot. I sat down, it was totally fine. But like, I asked for a water and 25 minutes passed, and they hadn't brought me a water. And I got up and just grabbed the pitcher and poured myself a glass. And like, I'm trying to walk this line of like being super compassionate to the wait staff who I know are overworked. You know, he finally came over to take a order and I was like, Hey, how you're a little understaffed. Is it to give you a and glass
0: of water. Yeah.
1: Well, I was like, Hey, you're a little understaffed. He's like, yeah, you noticed. I mean, it was one guy for like, I don't know. There's probably 15 tables in the room and, mm-hmm. and could he have done things more efficiently? Maybe yes. But like, that's not the point. The point was, you know, he probably in regular life manages four tables, not 15 or 20, you know, and, right. um, uh, so I'm trying to be patient with that, but I'm also like, wait, why am I paying this restaurant a whole bunch of money for a thing that uh, I'm not actually, you know, an experience that I'm not actually getting? And like, is the food okay? Yes, does it come out super slow? Like, what, what, what is happening? And uh, mm-hmm. so I'm trying to be patient with those things. But then at the same time, um, fully distributed company, uh, the way that this all went down and overnight the world became remote and like, Mm-hmm. I've wanted this remote revolution for like a long time. I assumed it was coming. I assumed companies were going to eventually get on board. Um,
0: yeah, it was just it being held overnight. up by technology, right?
1: Right. Well, and then it just suddenly mm-hmm. happened overnight. Like right. where it, I it thought was it was going to take a couple of years, it was like a month. Right in March of 2020, everybody was like, "Well, I guess we're remote right now." And um, it took a little bit for HR departments to be okay with that. Cause at first they're like, well, you have to live in San Diego cause you're going to have to come back to the office in two weeks. And then everybody's mm-hmm. like, oh, wait a second, this might last a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and so now these companies that are going back to work in person, I saw a commentary in a, in a Slack group that i am in recently where somebody said you should align your, if you want to be in person, align yourself with companies that want to be in person. And it's like, Well, okay. On the one hand, I get that. And I, there's a lot of things to like about being in person and getting to see people (laughs) and rub shoulders with people. But like, uh, on the other hand, like, do you want to align yourself with, with a company who's incapable of realizing that remote work is the future? Like, like maybe you want to align yourself with a company who's remote, but also, also has an office culture. I don't know, but like, um, anyways, mm-hmm. I, I have so many thoughts about this I have a hard time talking yeah about the linear they're topic.
0: coming out all together uh, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm <laughs> yes I'm winding all around so like the first thing is the whole world went remote overnight uh, we didn't come back to work for most of us who are capable of working remote because we've been working the whole time uh, mm-hmm. people have changed jobs because in a time where everybody feels out of control they really want to be in control of something and the grass is greener and I can control do you really that.
0: Th- do you think that's really why I think that's because do you not ev- well, I think so, so for the companies that realized, you know, they were already heading in the direction of support for a distributed environment of working, uh, those companies are like, yeah, we will, you can work from anywhere. Uh, those companies also paid more. Uh, they have more resources to pay more because they're not paying for office staff. Uh, I think people left jobs that they didn't like because they had more available, you know, they were, there was more available to them. There was better pay and more flexibility and better benefits at companies that were planning for this before.
1: I think it's all of the above. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. there are people who worked for companies that were paying just fine and wanted to change just so they could have a change of pace because everything in life is shitty and I want to be in control of the one thing I can be in control of. And I'll go be excited about something new uh I definitely think like as a fully remote company where it was our one of our key differentiators that you we were Mm -hmm. fully remote suddenly everybody's like hey guess what this isn't a differentiator anymore and I was like well shit you know and like we (laughs) had to adjust because um you know we had people saying to us hey I want to work for x company on the other side of the world and or the other side of the country and I was never going to move there and now's my opportunity so I'm gonna up and go and like yeah, don't blame how you. long I'm happy did they think you. that was
0: going to last for? I, I just—they didn't guess think I'm, it was
1: going to last.
0: I'm always a person who's like uh, planning for the next six, twelve, twenty-four months or more, and I wouldn't have torn up my life to go work for a new company unless there was a way better benefit there. I guess. Well, I, but
1: but that's that's the if if so. Let's say you live in Port Townsend, and there's a company in Georgia that you just mm-hmm. think is the cat's meow. You love there uh their organizational structure the way that they're involved politically you love the way they hire you love the things they value and you mm-hmm. always wanted to work there but you ain't gonna move to georgia um and all of a sudden if stacy wanted me to, move it to, it to georgia
0: i would move to georgia
1: <laughs> you would move to georgia oh, that's for stacy abrams be, uh, uh, well, oh okay so there you else, go yeah. well so so like you know that kind of thing all of a sudden you can work for Stacey abrams and it's like well i I can work for Stacey Abrams and Port Townsend. Mm. Hell yeah, right? Like, and then you you leave your job to go work for this. So it's I understand completely. And and when these people came and talked to us, like as a as a remote, co- I think we had turnover earlier than a lot of other places did. Because, yeah, okay. Uh, Early on, be-
0: people are like, yeah, hey, because now the, the world is my oyster. I can pick where I want to go
1: right i mean if you worked in kubernetes and you lived in the middle of america there were only so many places to go (laughs) work for and google wasn't one of them and you know the fang companies weren't one of them you had to be in person in one of these and all of a sudden they were and uh you didn't have to move across the country and you didn't have to or whatever it was right it's not just google it's it's all kinds of companies yeah yeah and so we had to re-evaluate a whole bunch of things and like hey what are our key differentiators and anyways so i get all of that i'm 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 thrilled about the remote revolution in general because it opens up the whole world to me as a person who wants mm-hmm. to work remote and the the Denver tech scene is blown up. I mean, it, it, like, not because a whole bunch of companies have moved to Denver, although that is always happening, but because a whole bunch of people move to Denver who work in tech and are like, hey, I can live where I want to live. And Denver is a place that, uh, you know, there's some cities in America where like you move there when oil's booming because that's the only reason to live there. And mm-hmm. when oil's in bust, you leave. And in Denver, you move there because you want to live there. And then you're like, well, I guess I'll figure out how to get a job. So it's been an interesting place as a result. I mean, our housing market is ca- like kaboom in the last nine months. It's been yeah, yeah. completely well, insane. It, yeah. All of those places. Had, yeah. The Same places here. that people really want to lo- move. And it's my hope that it does something for secondary you know, second tier cities that have been withering for a long time where, you know, there was a time in America where you could move to nowhere America and make a living, you know, that hasn't mm-hmm. been the case for a long time. And all Well, of a sudden that kind of again. goes
0: back to what I was talking about, right? It used to be that the minimum wage was the minimum you needed to actually yeah. support a family of, was it four? I don't even know. But like, get a place with more than one bedroom, don't have to have roommates, could actually kind of get married, have kids, whatever it is the American dream is. Uh, and support that on your quote salary and that isn't the case anymore but one thing you're not talking about here i think and that is super important uh with regards to companies that were already remote first is like what we want to call our that's what my company calls it is remote first uh is that the companies kind of jumping on this bandwagon because they were forced onto it by covid don't have a culture of enabling supporting making it possible to engage with each other like actually supporting remote work rather than just being like oh you're just working from home temporarily uh
1: yeah so so i get that and i think there's advantages to working for a remote first company and you know like like GitLab, I have no idea if they're actually good at it in real life, but has a reputation for write shit down because we've been, yeah, and like, I mean, the the difference I've said for a long time between remote and non remote work is all communication has to be pushed because there's no way to pull it. And so Mm -hmm. if you hire somebody who's not good at pushing information, you kind of got to fire up because you can't, you can't make it work. I I can't look over. I literally can't walk around the office and look over your shoulder and see if you're doing your work. So I need you to tell me what's going on. I need you to produce output that I can understand and measure. I need you to tell me, you know, all those things, right? Um,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: 100%. And I, and I agree with that. There's a difference between those, but I would argue there's an awful lot of remote first companies, uh, that, uh, air quotes again, I'm going to keep air quoting, uh, (laughs) that, um, that do a shitty job being remote oh, first, yeah. like, sure. Because it remo- takes so, a lot of
0: effort to do sure, well. Sure,
1: but, and I think that you can tack it on later in life. And my guess is in the Googles and the, uh, you know, the really, really big companies, it's not about Google being good at remote first. It's not about Facebook being good at remote first. And uh, we're recording this the day after a large Facebook outage, <laughs> which I may yeah. or may not uh, otherwise <laughs> mention. but um, it's more about like the, at the team level, like, are we communicating? Yeah, and I bet a lot of leadership. that comes down to your manager. Yeah. Ready, and uh, right, are they
0: are they able to trust that you're going to do the work you're supposed to be doing? Right. There's another there's another aspect to this that has been discussed uh, on occasion, which which is where this like we're returning to work, where we could watch you and make sure that you're actually doing your job because right. we don't trust you otherwise. There's that aspect of that terminology that I don't like, uh, and there's well, also for, this idea really that really mean
1: return to the office, but yeah, leadership
0: ahead. CEOs founders of companies they like to walk into their office and like feel like i'm the boss of this i'm i mean i'm, I'm projecting obviously but like no, that's something no. that as also
1: who has that vanity problem oh yeah <laughs> here's, here's my kingdom look at my minions exactly. like as terrible in... as that is yeah you just feel like oh look at this thing i've built and i'm These proud of it and, and i can me. see it and yeah right 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 i mean it's 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 bullshit you, but you if, don't if, get if that
0: you don't get that. And uh, and I think that has shaken a number of leaders who kind of draw some level of enjoyment and, and uh, I don't know, forward momentum from being the leader of people and being able to see that rather than looking at what it is that your company is achieving, like physically needing to be in an office with other people who yep. have to pretend that they give a shit that you're the boss. Uh, well, so
1: then, and... I mean so so i listened to a podcast recently by seth godin uh, you listen uh, to other
0: podcasts how dare you
1: i don't want to brag i don't want to brag but uh uh brag uh ruin things anyways uh there's so he his podcast akimbo he has a conversation on the office like what is it why does it matter and he goes back to like the history of Well, when we were manufacturing things there was an office that was like a little building next door that facilitated the sales of whatever it was we were making and then the office grew and then the ceo wanted to be able to stand up in a glass room looking out over the thing and see Mm -hmm. his kingdom and you know and then the coo wanted to optimize 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 make sure everybody's working as hard as possible and um all of those things i get it i understand how capitalism got us here uh we have several (laughs) friends who have requested that we specifically spend a very long time talking about the evils of capitalism which like
0: uh and it wasn't me this time (laughs) it wasn't you it
1: wasn't you i mean there's there's like every system has its flaws uh this happens to be our system with its flaws anyways Mm -hmm. uh but like how we ended up where we did and like now we're in this industry where people want to be able to walk around and you know what cubicles are really funny because you can look over the top of them and look in on people and like
0: they think they have privacy but they really don't yeah right
1: right and uh you can put
0: stuff on the wall so it's kind of like having your own little room yeah
1: well so i get all that and like uh what's interesting to me one of the most interesting data points i talked to uh Um, a friend of mine who is a senior leader at a very large organization that in COVID went fully remote. So they have offices all over the place. Maybe I said this to you. I can't remember if I've shared this before. But he said, um, in COVID, we know that people are being as productive as they've ever been. We can measure it. We can tell. Mm -hmm. He said, but the thing that's missing is we're not as innovative as we used to be. It huh. used to be when we were in a room, I could walk into the room and say, hey, everybody, we need to solve this problem. Let's whiteboard it. And 20 people would pull up their chairs and they'd all sit down and without any, you know, prep time, we just throw around ideas. And it was exciting and there was energy in the room and we came up with new ideas. And he said, we cannot seem to replicate that remotely. And I think that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a problem they have and it's just another communication problem. I don't know if that's a problem everybody has. it a technology
0: uh, problem. Like, can this be solved with?
1: Right, technology. Different whiteboarding Can you do tooling. this over
0: Zoom with a whiteboarding tool? And yeah, I mean, there's definitely reality in in the, the, the energy that is in a room when everyone is trying to achieve the same goal. I definitely agree. Yep. And that's something that I do miss because I haven't been in person in the office for a really long time, longer than the pandemic. I've chosen like you have to work at a company that's remote first because I'm old and I'm cranky and I yeah. hate people. Uh, I'm the best yeah. community leader ever because I hate people. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but uh, there is there's something real there. You know, p- p- people together in a room have energy, whether it's good or bad. And oh, yeah. um, I think it's well, it's that it not, is, not that it's not that that doesn't exist. I just think that it right. is not worth it to in, in well, the uh, of think... all the other downsides of in-person work, like being required.
1: Completely. I mean, I'm one of those people I I've said before, and I'll say again, I I can't believe anyone ever paid me to work in an office. Uh, I am so, so, so much more efficient, effective, etc at home and and honestly like my day-to-day i'm in meetings almost all day long the well, communication that talk i get to
0: people yeah
1: absolutely but the communication that i get done on the side happens to sometimes be in meetings where i have a moment i don't have to pay attention i can respond to something in slack i can send an email i can mm-hmm. and i multitask the entire day and if i'm sitting in a meeting and suddenly i pull out my computer and i respond to an email it is very distracting but if i'm in a zoom yeah. call nobody cares and uh it's just a different world and um for good or for bad i'm not saying it works for everybody i'm saying yeah, it, it does work for me there's... because i'm the person that's like in the office hey rachel you see this video hey check out this youtube yeah, hey i'm like you leave me hey, alone i'm TV? trying oh gosh, to I would work never Kendall. ever leave you alone i would drive you that <laughs> and uh that's why i can't believe yeah. people paid for me to be in an office but
0: uh i i used to so previously to this job i worked at a company it was also like Totally fine with people being remote. But we had an office and they wanted me to come in once or twice a week. So I did. And uh, I I would just write off those days because people would just roll up and sit down. Because I work yeah. from a couch because that's what I like to do. Nice. And uh, that so they set up a little couch area for me with enough outlets and, you know, whatever place for me to put my coffee. And people would just come. like Constantly, there would be a flow of people coming to talk to me. And I couldn't get any of my... "Quote real work done," um, and I that was yeah. fine. I just those were the days that I just didn't have a plan to get anything done. But yeah. it is you know it's it was helpful to build uh, culture, Relationship. yeah, community, yeah, sure. right? Oh, I we're just gonna have to get better. We're just right. have to get better at doing that without being in the room together. Um, right. And another thing that you brought up that was important, and if we can get back to this because I see you're about to say something,
1: but oh, uh,
0: we. One thing that uh, that is different about answering that email while you're in a meeting versus having the opportunity to to focus on something else while you're in a giant Zoom call that you aren't actually participating in, like there's there's definitely lower quality interactions that you have if you're not fully engaged. Um, yep. Maybe maybe people will learn that they can just say no to meetings that they're just going to be sitting there the entire time. Like I wonder if how many people attend these giant zoom departmental meetings or whatever, because there's, they're having fear of missing out. They think something's going to happen. There's not a follow-up email that says everything important that happened. Right. You have to develop these, you have to develop these patterns of behavior that support the, the not in-person work. Otherwise you're going to end up with people not paying attention, but being in the room in case something important happens. And you just waste a lot of people's time. There's no Absolutely. benefit to that. Anyway, I was kind of just a ramble, well, but you were going to say something. Sorry.
1: Well, I, I mean, what I was, I just want to ask, like, what's your prediction on this? Does Does the whole world go remote and stay remote? And this is it. This is the future. And there's a few places with a few small offices for those who want to go in. Or do you think it goes back at some point? I mean, it's been long enough. It's hard to believe it's going to go back. But I'm curious what your prediction is.
0: I think we're iterating towards the mostly on on uh, mostly remote rather uh, work, mostly online as I as I call it, uh, simply because people have gotten a taste of it and some mature leadership has realized it doesn't matter whether they're in the office or not, and it's not about my ego, it's about whether the work gets done. Businesses that care about that and care about hiring from a larger pool, as you mentioned, are going to kind of focus on making this work in the longer term also this is not going to be this is not the last pandemic <laughs> this is not uh, so we're gonna you know whether or not people actually realize that we're gonna have to uh be able to turn on a dime again if this happens again um uh, people del- are gonna have the to delta practice
1: is it it's not gonna mutate anymore we're yeah all done, yeah we're gone right uh, and I wish Wishful I could believe thinking. some of the words I'm saying. Well, I mean, I have lots of opinions about the pandemic that I won't express. But um, well, neither I mean, of I'm us are with epidemiologists. With <laughs> I read like eight articles on the internet. So I'm basically You an have done your own it's research. How could you uh, do that when
0: Facebook was down yesterday?
1: <laughs> oh, gosh, that was a sick <laughs> burn. Uh, access to information is not the same thing as expertise, but, uh, I- I've heard Correct. that a million times and I'm going to keep saying that. Um, the, um, my opinion of it is that, uh, we're going to increasingly have work from remote. I think there are mm-hmm. going to be places that have an in-office culture and brag about it in the same way that some companies had a remote culture and bragged about it. Well, and there will be back people who what go you said at the beginning. to... Yeah, there will be people who go to work for them because they want to work in an in office culture, and they're excited about that. And uh, I think it's going to take a while to shift that, but it is my hope and my prediction that the second tier cities throughout America, second, third, fourth, tiny towns, will have some kind of rejuvenation as Mm -hmm. this continues to last. Because suddenly, wait, I can buy a house for what? In my hometown, I can buy a house for what? I have to sit in traffic for two hours to
0: get to the office? Yeah, absolutely. And
1: I can live in the mountains and I can live in the, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and...
0: uh, I wonder if this is going to eventually turn into, like, you know, people who want to be in the office and people who don't want to be in the office. Yeah. So basically you and me. (laughs) People who want to be around people and people who don't want to be around people on average. Um, Whether there's going to be some other kind of, like, science fiction were the divide in culture that way. Uh another thing that I wonder is when I was younger, and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, when I was younger, I wanted to go to the office a lot more because that's where my social life was. I had friends at work. I went to lunch with those people. I, you know, I wasn't just there to get work done. I was like you. I'd go up to people and like shoot the shit at their desk until they wanted me to leave because they needed to get job done. You know, I used to have a coffee pot at my desk and people would come and get coffee every day and I would have a chat with them and That was really fun, but I'm older now and I don't have the capacity to include new so many new people to get to know so many new people in my life and really have a, you know, a worthwhile relationship with them rather than that's that guy who wears the funny glasses. And, um, you know, he asks me for these things. I I like to have deeper, fewer, deeper relationships (laughs) than a lot of shallow relationships. And so I wonder how that's going, you know, whether the in-person, you know, in your, in your imaginary future where there's people who go to work for in-person jobs and people who go to work for remote jobs, whether there's going to be a huge age divide as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, that's an interesting point. The, the age divide piece. I mean, what's interesting to me. So I had, I think I've mentioned this before. Uh, a former contractor that moved back to a hometown, a little tiny town in Texas. And he said when they arrived, they could afford any house in the tiny town. Mm-hmm. Um, they had two cars, which blew everyone away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he could afford to eat at either of the two restaurants anytime <laughs> they wanted. And uh, everyone in town saw him be at home most of the time, drive fancy cars and eat out. And it didn't matter what he said. They were absolutely convinced he was a drug dealer.
0: <laughs> and uh
1: uh i get that and i think yeah. it's hilarious but uh
0: that sounds anyways. like a way a little bit smaller town that i live in
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay okay well we gotta wrap up for time's sake um
0: <laughs> have we said we anything to... useful
1: <laughs> well it's hard to tell we the idea is to banter and record it right isn't that what a podcast is? I, I think um, so, yeah. well, I think, I think I've got a good idea for who should join us next time. Um, but, uh, and we can, we can talk about that, but, um, That's exciting. But yeah. We can, if you we can do a few more. If you're listening ones. out
0: there and you're, you want us to talk about something, discuss something. Cause obviously we have opinions about a lot of things, uh, whether or not they're useful opinions is up to you, but, um, let us know, uh, tweet us, us up on Twitter. Or yeah. Find us on the Rand's leadership slack and suggest it Or yeah. Or, or, or
1: hashtag authority issues which in theory we will look at at some point if that's i mean <laughs> do i'm, we not, look at I'm that? not saying we've done that, <laughs> yeah, just set yeah. a uh, at that. hash brown authority issues brown. uh anyways Ooh. um hash browns oh man 4 Four thirty in the afternoon so. and now i'm derailed yeah um well good talking to you rachel and uh bye, we'll bye. talk to you next time